Awesome. I wish there was a live video of somebody murdering Jordan right now. <laughs> if only. If only. It would be nice. It would be nice. I'm, I'm good. I wonder uh, why it's showing up on your Twitter then. I'll send you guys some yeah. uh, ridiculous. I, I, I like I like broken legs. Uh, watching people die bothers me. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show, everybody. It's Thursday, December 7th. It's the semifinals of the in-season tournament. So we only have a two-game slate coming off of the disgusting, abhorrent slate that we got yesterday. I'm Josh Engelman, by the way. That's Adam Scher. We are brought to you by Underdog. Hit that like button if you haven't done it yet. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Uh, I thought Luca was going to score 100 fantasy points until he just didn't have to after that. I was pretty happy. Well, not happy about the fate of uh, Embiid, but I didn't realize that Luca was going to run him down in a half. Yeah, I mean, I like I ended up where I was on the show where I just didn't have Luca. I had Embiid, and I was like, okay, cool. I I was pretty much drawing dead because I didn't have enough Bane plus Embiid lineups, but. Um, then I see Luca at 65 at the half, and it was just like, wow, Josh is going to somehow end up being right on this, even though I got 80 points from Embiid. Yeah. Uh, turns out, no. Uh, he just barely played after that. Didn't have to do anything because they kicked the shit out of Utah. So that sucked. But you needed Desmond Bain, that's for sure. Uh, 75 fantasy points went for 49 real points in 36 minutes. That one was frustrating. Yeah. Because he's I like even with, owned even enough that you need it. Like that's the problem. He's like he was owned enough that you yeah. need it, but like it's very easy to just not have him too. Right. Like it uh there was a better chance. I I didn't see what the winning lineup was. I assume it had both, but there was a much better chance that you ended up not needing Embiid yesterday than not needing Bane. Yeah. Wait, than not needing Bane? Yeah. Hold on, say that again. Maybe I'm just mishearing you. I said I assume they both ended up in the winning lineup, but as the slate was going on, there was a better chance that you weren't going to need Embiid than that you weren't going to need Bane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I thought you were saying that the opposite way. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's right. No, the $8,900 guy with 70 BK points at small forward was uh, definitely yeah. going to be in the winning lineup. Yeah. Uh, Hishbu took it down Embiid and Bane. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I came out ahead. Wow. Yeah. Did it without Caleb Martin. I mean, yeah, he was like 7%. I th- okay. He, he was one, like, as the slate was going on, I was like, okay, you probably need him, but Bane, like, Bane and Bede, probably more important. Yeah. I mean, Caleb Martin would have been the third highest scorer in that lineup that he had. I'm surprised that, like, that combination think couldn't if, get to the top somewhere. So Richards and Reef both had good games, but they didn't, yeah. like, go nuts. I think if you had yeah. gotten to like 32, 33 from one or both of those guys, then you probably start actually seeing Martin be more useful than Embiid, sort of. And then you start seeing Embiid be less useful in comparison to Luca, then too. Yep, for sure. Like the more you're getting out of Reith slash Richards is the easier path to get to Luca. I mean, if Luca were like, he only played 32 minutes, 2.35 fantasy points per minute. Yeah. Insane. It wouldn't have taken too many more. Like if Luca just plays the 36 you're expecting and it's just himself. We're talking like a normal Luca. We're talking about like 10 more fantasy points okay. and then it's him for sure. Simon's obviously played the full run. I saw somebody in chat say this yesterday and it was really funny to think about. It was just like, um, like I, I can't expect Simon's to go deep into this game because like he's been off for so long. It's like, well, 
did you expect him to play 34 minutes in the opening night of the season when he hadn't played for three months? Because right. like that's this was a thumb injury. Like there's right. yeah, nothing, no, I mean, and that's how you have to think about it. Like the guy's legs were still working. Yeah, everybody is on rest coming into the first game of the regular season to a degree. Like they're not going out and playing 40 in the preseason. If you're ready for like if you're if you can continue to maintain your conditioning, you're probably playing the normal amount of minutes. Yeah, especially if it's an injury that you're not worried about, you know, re re-injuring. Um, right. We got a couple of good quotes out of that Dallas game too. I don't know if you saw those. I didn't. Uh, Will Hardy in his post game presser. Uh, man, I forgot the actual quote. It was great. Um, <laughs> shit, I'm just blanking on it. But he, uh, oh, um, he said he basically was like, "I don't know what we did in that game. It was a masterpiece of dog shit." <laughs> <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, in the like post game interview with Luca, like the courtside interview, um, the they asked him, you know, just sort of about how he, you know, he played really well and the team played really well, and he says something like, uh, "Yeah, you know, I was saying before the game that we needed to just not come out here and fuck around." Oh shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. That 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 Hardy quote is fantastic. We're gonna have to uh, the delivery was like, you have to find it. Like he delivered it perfectly yeah we're definitely going to uh gonna have to use that one in life you ready to talk some basketball uh, we got he, a like, crap slate he like today. hesitated too he's like it was a masterpiece and he like took a breath of dog shit <laughs> <laughs> so good so good uh jorge manzo with the big super chat thank you for your input took 5k on the 50k single entry congrats good to see it's always a great great way to start the day that's for sure this slate sucks. 5 p.m. start on Pacers Bucks. 9 p.m. start on Pels Lakers. We only get 50k up top on DraftKings. Every bit of this is gross. I thought this would be like an event, and they went the other way with it. Yeah, I was disappointed when I saw the 50k, and then I was like, oh, it's probably because it starts at 5 p.m. Yeah, which is so stupid. Yeah, it's not not great. 254 total on Pacers Bucks. 229 Pelicans Lakers. You ready to get into this? Yep. Pacers are four and a half point dogs. We've got a ton of ownership coming in. I hope that we could use the most recent game as an informative piece for plotting at this rotation. We have 50, 45 to 50% ownership on Aaron Neesmith, Bruce Brown, and Miles Turner. We have 70% ownership coming into a $4,700 Benedict Matherin. And then we're around 20 for Heald, Hoppin, Halliburton, and TJ McConnell, which is going to take a bit of a conversation piece. I'm interested to talk more. I don't think we need to really like address the ownership for any of these guys right now. I just don't think it's all that interesting of a conversation for us. The parts that I think are most interesting to talk about are sort of what do you expect for a closing lineup for the Pacers? We got Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, and Aaron Neesmith playing the entire fourth quarter in that game against Boston. I assume when you play Boston in a competitive game that matters, you're probably going with whatever you think is best to close. And that is like the closing lineup you should expect. We got half of a Matherin rotation, half of a healed rotation, but we got no Obi Toppin in that time. How do you expect in a competitive game, the Pacers to close this game? I think the best guess is what they did against Boston. 
Agreed. Uh, Neesmith brings you a defensive presence. Oh, you mentioned it a couple, like a week or so ago. Obi Toppin is hilariously bad defending the rim. And yeah. that's something that is kind of important when you're facing the Bucks. Yeah. I think it's tough to expect him to be out there. Mather, like if they're playing from behind, maybe you get Matherin just to try and get points on the board. But yeah. if this is like a competitive back and forth game or they're ahead, I assume we're getting the same closing lineup that we got against the Celtics. So do I. Step two for this one. I think it's, I don't want to say likely. I don't think this will matter. But I think we're more likely to get Isaiah Jackson playing five minutes than Andrew Nemhard. You think you're more likely to get five minutes from Jackson than Nemhard? Yes. So in that case, they're just really saying, screw Obi Toppin. Uh, let's not have him play back up five. I don't know how much they can play Obi Toppin at the five if Giannis is on the floor. That's what I, right. That's what I'm thinking. And that's what I'm like. If they do that, you eat five of those 10 or whatever Toppin minutes at the center spot yeah. to just have Isaiah Jackson out there to be some sort of deterrent briefly. And yeah, like, I, think I don't think either of those things matter. Like, we're, I don't think that you could play Jackson and I don't think that you could play Nemhard. So I really don't think the answer to this question matters at all. Right. No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, Nemhard's the one that we have projected. Actually, we have them both, I think, projected to play. Um, yeah, we have nine minutes for Nemhard, six for Jackson. Uh, neither one showed up for me, so I don't think it matters. Now I want to talk ownership. Now, maybe this doesn't hold. Is TJ McConnell at $3,400 and 20% ownership viable today? Does he play right today? I have 27 right now. I have no idea if he plays. The fact he's so cheap and the fact he did play last game, we have him projected for 11 DraftKings points in nine minutes, and he's showing up 27% of the time. That, yeah. to me, just highlights that if he gets on the floor, he's a useful play because of the context of the slate. And my best guess is that he's going to play just because he played in the game that mattered against Boston. Yeah. It just feels really weird to roster a guy like that that is live to just play like six to 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it. I, I am glad that I'm only getting 27%. You know, it's not like uh, the other day where I'm getting 70% of PM hard. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, T- like Tyrese Halliburton at 10 six. Like, unless we're just talking about Halliburton. Giannis, LeBron, AD, you know, like bucketing these guys. I don't think there's much to say about any of the stars. Like, yeah, these guys are going to play 38 to 42 minutes, depending on where you want to land on all of them. And, you know, you make that work how you can. I really think the actual discussions for these games are the bit players and not the stars. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, it goes without saying that if you can get the Halliburton, great. I have 33% right now. He played 40 minutes last game. But yeah, like obviously he's good. Yeah. So as I look at it, I do think that the trio of shooting guard or guard forward dudes for Indiana, Matherin, Brown, Heald, I'm very shocked to see Heald only getting 20% ownership at 6,200 other than, you know, he's 6,200. But those three guys are soaking up a decent enough chunk of ownership. The salaries are all manageable. The minutes are certainly available. I really like the flexibility of those three guys. I'm getting to more healed because of the ownership, but I think that's sort of the best piece of Indiana. 
I'm actually not getting to a lot. Of, I'm only getting the 12% healed right now. We okay. do only have him at 29 and a half minutes. I think going a little bit higher than that makes sense. I, I was sort of yeah. trying to figure out, because like I said, we have Jackson at six minutes. We have Nemhard at nine. We have McConnell at nine. I understand projecting it like that, but also from what's actually going to happen standpoint, you're probably shaving a few minutes off of actual guys. And I think he yeah. is one of them. Uh, we have 29 and a half minutes to healed. We have 26 to Matherin. We have 34 to Bruce Brown, 33 yeah. to Turner. I think any or all okay. of those guys could just play like one to two minutes more and Nemhard or Jackson ends up not playing. Because I went I 36 think- to Bruce Brown. Yeah, because like I don't think that all three of McConnell and Nemhard Jackson are stepping on this. I think that's most the most likely scenario as long as nothing weird happens. Right. Yeah, I went I went 26 Matherin, 36 Brown, 31 healed. Like there are minutes to go around. I still have 27 to Aaron Neesmith. I still have 26 to Obi Toppin. Like there's plenty of playing time to go around to get the best guys legitimate rotational minutes. How do you want to handle the minutes for Toppin and Neesmith? So I, I'm pretty much on board with the way we have it projected. Uh, 25 yeah. minutes to top in, 29 to Neesmith. Okay. We got 30 last game from Neesmith. You and I both expect him to close. The problem is if he doesn't close, it's probably like 24, 25. And yeah. I will say that with that 29-minute projection, I'm getting 79% Neesmith, which is really aggressive for a $4,600 yeah. Neesmith. So I wouldn't necessarily hate maybe making that 27, 28. And, I went 27. Yeah. You know, to kind of just say, look, I think he's going to close. But the the thing that really stands out to me is if they are losing, which they very easily could be against Milwaukee, I think there's a good chance Matherin gets at least a couple of those Neesmith minutes. Agreed. The, 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 the true problem here is that, well, not even problem, but like whether you have Neesmith at the four, Toppin at the four, or you want to go to like, Bruce Brown at the four. I don't really think it matters all that much because of Giannis on the opposite side. None of those guys are putting a dent in whatever he wants to do. So you're sending doubles one way or the other. Right. You probably just want to all like go to offense if you're not going to get anything else out of Toppin. Yeah, like I feel like 26 to Toppin is or like in that area, like a minute either way is the is perfect from a projection standpoint, like he seems easy to get to. I don't know what the scenario would be for him to close unless he just nukes the first half. Right. Do you think, and I think they all should be projected very similarly in terms of minutes. Toppin should have the fewest out of Toppin, Neesmith and Matherin, right? By a small uh, I can see the path where Matherin is less than Toppin pretty easily. Yeah. But that's just sort of like a, because Buddy Heald is blocking Matherin more than sure. anything else. Like, you get the 40 out of Halliburton. Heald plays a bit more than you think, and you just don't need what Matherin brings any longer. Um, I just don't, like, I don't really see the path to Toppin playing a lot of extra minutes. I don't know right, how that, he that's gets sort of what I'm. That's sort of what I was thinking and why I said third, because, like, playing from ahead, playing from behind, unless, like you said, unless he's just making every shot he takes, it's really difficult to see how Toppin is playing many, if any, fourth quarter minutes. If they're playing from behind, I think you can easily make the case for Matherin getting a little bit extra. If they're playing from ahead, I think it's easy to make the case for Neesmith. So that's why I'm sort of thinking like something like 27, 28 Neesmith, 27-ish Matherin, 26 Toppin. Like, I don't think there's a big gap, but I think that to me, Toppin's the third one in that, like, of that group. 
in terms of yeah like i've I've top in 26 mather in 26 neesmith 27 we are seeing this the same way yeah um miles turner played 34 and a half minutes i went 33 today just because one this is it's miles turner like but he's very live to go 36 right oh yeah agreed yeah like he looks good. I have a bunch. By the way, uh, twenty-seven minutes for Neesmith. I have fifty-one percent, so it's not stopping me from doing that. Yeah, I, I like fifty-one percent of him a lot better than seventy-nine. Yeah, but I think what we're really doing is having a conversation of the guys that played a ton. Basically, the guys that played in the fourth quarter or are Obi Toppin are all going to be pretty sizably owned today, and I don't really have much of a take on which direction to go. Like, I just want a lot of this game. Because there's going to be like 40 plus more fantasy points on the surface before you get to the next one. Agreed. Uh, how many minutes did you go for Bruce Brown? 36. I agree. With that. So we have 34 right now. And I mentioned it a second ago, like 34 is completely reasonable, but yeah. that's Bruce Brown at 34 minutes is one of the ones that really stands out to me where if yeah. you just go ahead and don't project all three of McConnell and Nemhard Jackson to play, like Bruce Brown has to get more minutes. He's played 37, 37, and 36 in three out of the last five games anyway. And, and he is he like, is like the, the ultimate Swiss Army knife for what they need to do to move him up and down the positional spectrum. Right. It's And I think you made this comment on a show a week or two ago as well. Um, I don't – must have been the two only things I've ever listened to that I'm recalling stuff you said before. But Appreciate um, you, finally. I think you were saying how, like, in the regular season, Bruce Brown – like, obviously, he's good, but he's – from a rotational standpoint, doesn't really matter. You can make him anybody and it doesn't matter. But in the playoffs, like that's exactly who you want to play yeah. a lot of minutes because he can do everything and he can play, he can defend multiple positions. This is the type of game where Bruce Brown just needs to be on the floor. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say that he can guard Giannis. No, but like as the first line of defense into a rotation, like, yeah, yeah that's sure. Right. If like if there is somebody that is going to be thrown at Giannis and they're going to say, hey, let's see how this goes. It's Bruce Brown. Yeah, of course. I don't have much else to say here for Indiana. Like it's to me, they're pretty easy to talk about. Uh, What's your expectation for minutes for Halliburton? What do you want to do there? 38, 39. Do you want to go to 40? Uh, Yeah, we're we're at 38.7, which I'm fine with. Like it's so it's so hard. Um it always, whenever NBA postseason comes around, there's always like an adjustment period where you have to like get comfortable to the minutes that you're giving to the stars. But we just saw him play 40 and just take a step back and like, what does, what happens in this game for Indiana to say, oh yeah, we just wanted to give Halliburton 36 or 37 minutes. Like it has to just be a blowout where he doesn't play the final four minutes or he gets hurt or something. But like, how does he land on 36 minutes? outside i went i went 39 yeah i think that's where it should be yeah anything else here for the pacers especially because he's a guard too so i don't want to you know knock on wood he's less likely to foul you know get himself on the bench with fouls than somebody like turner schedule for the rest of the day is loaded nfl strategy show coming up next at 11 a.m we've got a rainmaker show at 1 30 we've got the nhl strategy show at 2 then I am back for NBA Live Before Lock with Bellman. No Adam. So he and not no deeper dive today. Four to five, you get myself and Bellman breaking it down. You get an owner's box show at 4.30, and then you get NFL Live Before Lock tonight at 7.15. Jam-packed day of live shows on the Stochastic YouTube channel. Also, also, 
you guys can grab our avatar. I know I've been talking about it a lot, but I think it's really important. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar, load up our logo on DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo. And if you finish in the top three of a contest with at least 5,000 entries and you tweet that result to at stochastichof, you will get one month of whatever stochastic package you're looking to get. That's like a $200 value. It costs you $0 to do this. And you have the opportunity to get everything that we have behind our paywall for a month, all based on your all your, the success you already have. It's that easy. Got to hit BP's Super Chat said, I took first in the $50 single entry on FanDuel last night. Thank you guys and the tools. Now I can bet on my Pacers tonight. There we go. Lots of dubs yesterday, just not from me. Wasn't a good one last night. I came close sure. on the night slate. I think I finished with the second best lineup, but it was duped a bunch. Yeah, I uh, I had nothing on the night slate other than uh, death, pure death. All right, Milwaukee is basically the same conversation that we just had for um, for the Pacers. Maybe even easier. Eleven K for Giannis, nine K for Dame. They're both twenty five percent owned. ownership coming into a $5,900 Chris Middleton, 50 to Brooke Lopez, around 20 for Bobby Portis. Malik Beasley's just sitting there again. Beauchamp is a value that's not not getting any ownership today, which is interesting. AJ Green, I think we can project today and not Andre Jackson. So who knows what that's going to look like. When you look at Milwaukee right now, I think they're like way easier to look at. I'm very intrigued by this process though. What do you want to do for the middle t- minutes on Chris Middleton, who was looking like he was about to play the entire fourth quarter if it wasn't a blowout? Yeah, we went to 28. I think that's fine. I, I, I wouldn't want to go higher. 27 yeah. might be a little... I think 30 is the right answer, but you can't project 30. Right. He played 26 and a half minutes. They lost two and a half to garbage time. So you're looking at like 29 minutes there. He played a very abbreviated second quarter, which yeah. I don't doesn't seem like it would normally be by design. You know, you would Do they was- want to close with Marshawn Beauchamp for the final eight minutes of the second quarter again is the question I'm, I want to ask. Right. So I think 28 is reasonable. I'm getting a ton at 28. I have 84%. Yeah. So kind of like with Neesmith, I think the 29 minute projection is reasonable. I wouldn't hate dialing it back a minute or two just so I don't have 79% Neesmith. Same with Milton yeah. here. I think 28 is very reasonable. It's getting me to 84% and I'm not like ultra confident in 28 so i don't know 27 might make me a little bit happier but uh yeah somewhere in there i mean i think you have to be expecting him to at least be playing 27 28 minutes same i went 38 on Giannis and 38 on dame i think uh, going to like 40 on dame feels a little bit easier than doing it for Giannis. but i mean Giannis was set up to play 36 minutes brooke lopez was basically set up to play 36 minutes dame was set up to play 36 minutes like all of these guys were playing high level starters minutes and i have to assume they're more likely to play more today than they were in the previous game yeah and one thing i do think we had talked on the previous two game slate and i said that my approach ended up being essentially to just project all of these stars for 38 minutes instead of trying to guess which ones went over which ones went under yeah now that we have seen these teams play once i do think that you should be giving at least an extra minute if not two to halliburton over Giannis and dame but, yeah, and I have 39 and 38 to both of those guys. And I feel good about that. Right. Um, but Giannis and Dane both should still be projected to play huge minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also like Giannis had the foul trouble, so he didn't finish off that second quarter, but like 
was the goal for him to also play the final four minutes and 20 seconds of the second quarter. Right. In which case he's tracking 40 minutes. Yep. Yep. Um, the guy that I'm most interested in here in, for, in terms of a conversation, because he's 18% owned and I'm getting 45%. I'm not confident in the minutes that Bobby Portis plays today. You said you're getting so Portis is the beneficiary of that second quarter rotation yep. that Giannis gets and then doesn't really play too much at the end of the fourth quarter. Like if you take that chunk of time away from Bobby Portis in the second quarter, like he's playing 19 minutes. Yeah, they didn't go. So we had talked about Portis as being a huge wild card on that slate because, yeah. you know, generally you're expecting around 22 minutes, but were they going to condense the rotation in a way that he suddenly is at 27, 28? They didn't do that. And that was a game against the Knicks where you very easily can do that. Yeah. And they still didn't, which is interesting to me. Um, not to say that they can't do it against Indiana, but I'm pro- like I'm probably still going to go around 24 minutes on Portis. I'm not going to yeah. – we, we went 21 and a half. Um, I'm I have 23, go. but I think I'm more likely to go to 22. Yeah, like I'm going to be in the 22 to 24 range. I think it, last yeah. game I was at 25. Um, I had started at 24. I ended up at 25. I am – probably going to be around like yeah 22 to 24 i somewhere in there um again like i don't want to just draw the conclusion from last game that oh portis is going to actually play less in these games but i definitely can't go higher than i was last game i'm more pessimistic about his playing time now than i was before that one should Marshawn Beauchamp be more than 4% owned given the rotations that he had in the previous game if tj mcconnell is going to get owned Pro- like probably, but also I don't have any and I have 27% McConnell. So I think it might just be those $400 making that big of a difference. Shooting guard, small forward. You would think that would like help. Yeah. It's really, it doesn't weird. help that everybody on Indiana is shooting guard, small forward. Yeah. It's really weird because like we have Marshawn Beauchamp with an 11 DraftKings point projection. We have TJ McConnell with an 11 DraftKings point projection. And I got to 27% McConnell and no Beauchamp. So yeah, it's something it's something in the like roster construction process is just making McConnell more valuable, even though he actually has the the less valuable position. Will you be projecting campaign and Damian Lillard to play alongside each other at all? They've did it, they've done it sparingly so far this season, about 40 or 50 minutes total. Campaign was the direct backup to Damian Lillard in the previous game. Maybe a minute or two. I went two. I went 38-12. Right. That's pretty much how I see it. Uh, Just the the fact that they gave A.J. Green two rotations and Beauchamp played the minutes we expected, so it's not like A.J. Green took minutes from him, just makes me think that's what they're going to do here. The the path to campaign, sort of all, and, and also Bobby Portis, like Payne and Portis, are the two sort of wild cards there where it's like, well, if they just in a competitive game, start playing them more minutes in Portis's case, alongside Lopez in Payne's case, alongside Lillard, which they can. And, you know, if they, they could do that in a competitive game. The result would be removing the AJ green minutes and redistributing them to essentially Portis and Payne. The fact that green played both halves of that game and played well. Yeah. Makes it tough for me to just take his minutes and give them to somebody that didn't get the last game. I can't imagine that he's not getting the same rotations based on him make, knocking down a couple threes and playing in both halves. He's he, he, at the very least, he's getting out there in the first half. I, I'd be shocked yes. if he doesn't play the first half. If he Agreed. just goes zero for five and looks like he doesn't belong on an NBA court, yeah, he might not play in the second half. 
I mean, this feels like the type of game that he would go out there if everybody's just going to be bombing shit that right. get the white guy out there to shoot some threes. <laughs> I can say that, everybody. <laughs> I'm glad that you just learned he was white. Me too. Me too. We're going to get Cream out there just dropping threes. Um, I think the Indiana-Milwaukee game is really easy to break down. Like, I don't think there's a lot of rotational ambiguity. I don't think there's many conversations where you and I are going to like wildly disagree on minutes. I think you can only be sort of like a minute in either direction on most of these guys. And there's a general consensus for what we have. This game is awesome. Ownership is going to tell the story on how much you could actually get of the Pelicans and Lakers. How many minutes did you give to Brooke Lopez compared to Miles Turner? I have 34 to Brooke Lopez and I have 33 to Miles Turner. Yeah, we we went like 35, 33. I was going to say, I think going... They should be around the same, but probably an extra minute for Lopez. Yeah. If for no other reason, uh, he's not the one defending Giannis at the rim. Yep. Yeah. It's just, I, I trust Brooke Lopez to be able to stay on the floor slightly better than Turner. I love this first game. Like, as a, if I wasn't working, I would love to gear up and just watch this game. But even though I am working, I'm going to be watching this game anyway. I do like that I get to watch it at five o'clock. It just yeah, really there's, it, it definitely, there's the temptation for me to just be like, oh, my night ends early today work-wise, so I can actually go to happy hour, watch a game with a 255 fantasy point total. Like, that seems fun. Yeah. It's a fun game. It's a fun game. It's almost as fun as signing up at Underdog. They are the sponsor of this show. You can get a first match deposit bonus of $100 by clicking the link in the description and signing up. You get pick them contests if you're in non-legal betting states where you can 20x your money. You get daily fantasy contests, standard issue stuff, large field GPPs with daily drafts. Best ball is in full force. You're going to get playoff drafts coming up soon enough in the NFL. You also get that for the NHL and for PGA majors. This is a one-stop shop for best ball, fantasy, and pick them needs. You get it all. You also, if you're looking on the Pick'em streets, very easy to handle. Najee Harris tonight in what is just the absolute opposite version of the Pacers Bucks. Uh, Thursday night football tonight was a complete terrible game. I think the total's 30 and a half. It's like watching a high school game. Najee Harris, higher than 0.5 yards, is the free square for you on underdog. Make sure you're taking advantage of that, but... I tell you guys this every single day. Grab as much bonus money as you can. And in this spot, you can get up to $100 by signing up at Underdog. The New Orleans Pelicans are one and a half point dogs in Los Angeles. Reminder that uh, these games are both in Las Vegas. 229 total. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, this is going to be a home game for the Lakers. I don't get the sense that the Pels fans are traveling in bunches in comparison to the Lakers for this one. Yeah. Did you I also don't think the, the Pels fans have the money to buy the tickets. Did you see the uh, press conference with Ingram and Zion? I did not. Uh, so, uh, one of the reporters asked, like, I think, like, what their plans to celebrate were if they win. And Ingram kind of just, like, looks at Zion. And Zion just, like, starts dying laughing. And Ingram's like, I don't know. We haven't talked about it. But we'll do something fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to assume that uh, Zion is going to get a first-class ticket to the buffet somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That dude is going to eat his face off. 35% ownership to Herb Jones, 20 to Joval, 20 to Brandon Ingram, and 50 to Trey Murphy, $4,900 shooting guard, small forward. Everybody else is in single digits. The Pelicans don't look great 
because it's really hard when you start comparing yourself to the Pacers and the Bucks. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm getting a lot of Trey Murphy. So is the field. Price tag came down. 4,900 shooting guard, small forward. Fields at 51%. I have 63. He's my highest on guy on the Pels. I am perfectly fine with that. And the reason is just he played 30 minutes last game. And you and I talked about it before that game that going into it, he was a really big wild card because in a game like this, the Pels want Trey Murphy playing 30 plus minutes. It was just a matter of, is he there yet? And he very clearly is. Uh, He played 30. He probably would have played more if the game were actually competitive to the very end, probably gets like an extra minute. He looks really, really good at 4,900. He's probably another reason uh, why Beauchamp's not showing up. Shooting guard small forward for 1,100 more than Beauchamp. Just different planet in terms of fantasy production. We have him projected for more than twice the fantasy points for $1,100 more. Uh, He's just going to be the guy that's getting in lineup. So I absolutely love getting to him. Herb Jones is my next guy at 39%. Fields at 35. So they're the two highest stone guys by the field. They're my two highest stone guys. 5,500 on Jones looks good. Small forward, power forward. Um, you know, if the offensive game is there, he is great. Obviously, he's a great defender. Uh, 35 minutes last game, just another guy that you don't have to worry about the playing time here as long as he doesn't foul out or something. Uh, so those two look like, you know, pretty big priorities to me. Then there is a drop-off, like you said, 17% Joval for me. 14% Ingram, so slightly under the field on both of those guys. And I think it just goes back to they're getting ownership. 22% coming into Joval, 22 to Ingram. It's not like they're super low owned. Um, I'm just going to have an easier time getting to a little bit of Turner, getting to you know a little bit of Brooke Lopez, both of those yeah. guys a little bit higher than, than Joval. Um, Ingram is 8K, which is a nice price tag, but shooting guard only. We've already mentioned, you just mentioned, you know, Trey Murphy, shooting guard, small forward. You have Chris Middleton shooting guard, small forward. You have the shooting guards on Indiana, you know, as you had yeah. mentioned before, uh, Matherin is shooting guard, small forward. So the shooting, I think it's the shooting guard position. is just like, that's a spot where I'm going heavily to guys that are a bit less expensive and mostly playing in the other game or Trey Murphy. 30 minutes for Murphy. Yeah. Okay. What do we have? I had 28 earlier and I didn't, I only got to 15% and it's just making me feel like I'm a little bit light. Yeah. We have 29 and a half. That seems perfect to me. Yep. Agreed. I went 34 to Zion. I don't know if you can project him to play like a starter. (laughs) Yeah. And I went 39 to Ingram. Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Ingram played 40 and a half last game. Zion somehow played 27 and a half. Yeah. Sure. We, uh, we we, we like thirty three. I only got nineteen percent Ingram. Like the most I got of anybody is thirty three percent Herb Jones, and it's not like I think Herb Jones is great. He's just you know a mid tier value play. Yeah, Zion is like so. Here here's the case for Zion, and I have one percent right now. Uh, so this is not something that I'm doing, but it's so tempting to just look at this and be like, it's a two game slate, and eighty four hundred dollars Zion is six percent owned. Like, if somehow this is just a game where he goes and plays 38 minutes, he's such a good play. But, like, how the hell do you expect him to do that? Yeah, I went 34 minutes, and I still get 2%. Like, Yeah, we're, yeah, we're at 33, and I have 1%. What do I do with that? And we're, like, we're, we're all going to look stupid as hell if he just goes out there and plays, like, the way that you expect Zion to play from time to time. Right. But it's hard here. Like, you can't go to Cody Zeller. You can't go to Dyson Daniels. Is there any path to Alvarado or Najee Marshall here at like 14, 15 minutes? They're unowned. And I just like, I don't see it. 
Yeah, I mean, I have t- I have two percent Alvarado right now at forty two hundred. Played seventeen minutes last game. I don't have any Najee at four K. It's it's nuts. The the inside the NBA crew having the gall to call Zion fat with two fat asses in their careers on the stage is real pop kettle black type stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, for like the final ten years of Shaq's career, it was always just like, well. He's a fat piece of shit when he shows up and he plays his way into shape until February, or he's a fat piece of shit the entire time and never plays his way into shape. Like that's the only way the end of his career went. So yep, uh, he's heard every one of these questions or every one of those criticisms. As, so as far as Alvarado and Marshall goes, so last game, like against the Kings, you have you know Fox obviously is your primary ball handler, and then Sabonis is your other guy. What are you, do you think there's a chance Najee ends up like maybe you flip these minutes or, you know, Alvarado ends up playing like 10, Najee plays like 20 just because of LeBron? Yeah. I also think that you could somehow like get a little bit more to Dyson Daniels if you just want another like wing defender dude to get out there. Uh, I don't think that's happening. I gave Dyson Daniels four minutes, but they are malleable. Jose Alvarado, I think, plays a lesser role in a matchup against the Lakers than he would yeah, against that, the Kings. That's what I was, I, I'm tempted. Because, you know, Najee is 4K and unowned. He yeah. was the first guy off the bench last game. Yeah. In both halves. I'm kind of tempted to go a little bit heavier on Najee just because of the matchup. We have 13 minutes to him, 16 to Alvarado. I'm kind of tempted to be at like 16, 17, somewhere in there for Marshall. I don't know that I think there's a to him, but... Yeah. I think there's a path there, for sure. It's just, look, I said it on the outset. At a minimum... This game is projected for 25 less fantasy points just based on scoring. You got to give bonuses for three-pointers on the DraftKings side, so you can call it like 25 to 30. That's also additional rebounds, additional assists, the additional opportunities for steals and blocks. We're talking about like an extra 40 fantasy points to be allocated to Pacers, Bucks, over Pelicans, Lakers. It just becomes really hard for the guys in this game to run down the value of Indiana Milwaukee. That's what makes ownership on a day like today incredibly important because there comes a time and I, I want to sort of like think about this now. Do does the advent of all of the Sims tools that exist in the industry push people to the Pacers in Milwaukee in such a degree that we really do find all of the unearthed value in Pelicans Lakers? I, it's possible because the thing is so, so right now, the reason that that Pels ge- or Pacers game rather looks so much better, it comes back to, and it's it's illustrated in the Boom Bus tool where the Pels game is lower owned, obviously, but yeah. the optimal percentages for these guys are in line with the lower ownership. Ingram, yeah. Joe Val, Jones, Trey Murphy, they're all their their optimal percentages are right there with their ownership. Even you know Zion, six percent owned, only an eight percent chance of being optimal. McCollum, six percent owned. 14% chance of being optimal. So he is going under owned. But um, for the most part, it's showing you that even though they're lower owned, then there's a tendency to be like, oh, well, I could play the lower owned game and hope that, you know, whatever, it goes to overtime or something. But the chances of it succeeding are in line with the ownership. So then you just get back to play the best projected guys because you're not getting an ownership advantage by going to the lower projected guys. So just play the better ones. And what could end up happening, and I kind of alluded to this with the Zach Moss ownership on Sunday for football, as more and more people use Sims tools, you're going to see that happen where 
the ownership just comes in even heavier on the best projected plays in this situation. And so then you do actually get lower owned secondary plays, but I don't, I don't think enough people are using them at this point that it's going to make a huge difference yet. Um, But the more, I I think the more sophisticated players get, the more it's going to start swinging things back almost to like, not, not that it's going to be as easy as it was seven years ago, but it's going to like swing the pendulum back to where it's just like, Oh, play the best plays and the not best plays just start getting lower and lower on. And then people are going to adjust and it's going to just swing back and forth. But I think you're seeing it swing back that way where uh, you're going to have some ownership misses where the really good plays are just even more popular because people are realizing that they should be playing them more with the way the field plays right now. Do you have anything else you want to add for the Pels? No. To me, the only actual interesting talking point is can you start getting to 4K Najee Marshall and just hope that they throw him at LeBron? Yeah. Like, I just don't see where you try to... Like, we didn't even say CJ McCollum's name. He's 7,700, point guard only, 6% owned. Like, is... I don't... I have nine. I gave him 36 minutes. Like, I guess he could play 38, but he's still only going to look like every other guy on the team. Like, no matter how many minutes I give CJ McCollum, I don't think that I can make him look like Brandon Ingram. And, like, yeah. I can't project McCollum and Ingram to have the same minutes. Right. Agreed. It's weird, man. It's weird. And then we close it out with the Lakers. Now, obviously, we ha- we're we getting the same – the p- same people that were available for the last game are available here for the Lakers. AD is 9,600 power forward center, 40% owned. And then the rest of this Lakers team is, like, 15 to 20. Or call it 10 to 20 if you want to really open it up. Reeves, 15. Reddish, 12. Russell 20, Vanderbilt 10, LeBron 10, Rui 20, Prince 10. I don't know how you feel confident grabbing any single bit of this team from the Lakers, but we did get Austin Reeves closing over D'Angelo Russell. I think that is an interesting talking point that we saw in a real game, in a real competitive game down the stretch. They put Russell on ice for the final eight minutes of it, and then we got what you, I guess, would expect for the closing lineup. But I don't think Cam Reddish has to close. That could easily be any other dude that isn't Jackson Hayes. Um, what do you think stands out here for the Lakers? Do you feel comfortable with anything? Do we get Max Christie? Do they cut him as well? I don't know what they're doing here. Yeah, so we did at least, now we at least have seen them play a game with everybody. Uh, there's no guarantee that they replicate that. But, you know, the big takeaways that I had were that Christian Wood didn't play, but Jackson Hayes was the backup to Anthony Davis. So they still went with the 10 man rotation. Christie had his minutes dramatically cut. Rui played 21. That's really big to me because yeah. that was the, that was a big question. He's coming back from the nasal fracture. They held him out an extra game. Um, I think I had said that I expected I was projecting around 18 to 20 minutes, but you know, maybe he'd play more, but seeing him just come right back, play 21 minutes. He led the team in minutes off the, or other than Reeves minutes off the bench. Maybe you get 24 minutes from him here, but that, that was a big takeaway that he is still firmly clearly in the rotation. Vanderbilt played the 15 minutes that you expect from him. So I think you expect a 10 man rotation again, but like you said, Christie could disappear. Jackson Hayes could disappear. I don't think at this point that you assume either one will, but it makes it difficult to prioritize much. 
Uh, Rui is projected for 18% ownership at 4,100. So, you know, the ownership is there. Vanderbilt at 3,800, getting 9%. He's just not the same level of play tonight that he was the other night, just like Beauchamp is not. So those guys come down a little bit. Nobody's getting a ton of ownership here. Russell, 22%, 6,300. I only have 6%. That's a tough one for me to get to at that ownership just because, you know, yes, he could close. He could play more minutes. But you and I talked about it. With this team healthy, it becomes less and less necessary for D'Angelo Russell to be playing down the stretch in the fourth quarter when he's a defensive yeah. liability. Um, I and and at that ownership, I'm not gonna, I'm not likely to try and catch the game where he does stay out there. If he were like six percent owned, it would be like, oh well, what if he plays twenty eight? Cool. But if he's gonna be twenty two percent owned, I would rather just assume he's not closing because I think most of the time he's not going to. So it kind of just put points you back to Davis and LeBron Davis being the huge one here, 42% owned power forward eligible on DraftKings. Now that started the other day, also only 9,600. So he's cheaper than LeBron. Now Um, I'm getting to 52% uh, Davis only 19% LeBron. Normally I am much closer on them, if not getting to more LeBron, but um, I'm just getting a lot of Anthony Davis right now. I think so we saw Jackson Hayes be AD's straight backup. AD played the entire first quarter, entire third quarter. You just got to run from Hayes at the start of the second, start of the fourth. I think because of this matchup against the Pels, I would not be surprised at all if those minutes for Jackson Hayes become Christian Wood today. Um, I just think that going to Christian Wood in this sort of matchup in comparison to what the Lakers had in the last run is a little bit easier if you're looking to juice any offense for that second unit. Uh, just because like they're not, you're not really dealing with anything else from the Pelicans that makes Christian Wood a problem. I don't know if they're going to do it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I don't think that that matters in any way, but. I mean, Zion. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think that really matters too much. Jackson Hayes revenge narrative, I I guess. Christian Wood revenge narrative. Yeah. More revenge for Jackson Hayes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would think. Um, But like they can like Torian Prince, you know, played, a full randomly normal starter rotation, but only played 27 minutes. Like do they cut him anywhere? Is there a spot where he becomes a little bit less and you get a couple extra minutes out of Rui? Like, right. I don't think there's a lot to squeeze out of the Lakers either. Like these are oddly cut and dry games. Prince was the other one. You mentioned reddish closed, but doesn't have to Prince was the other one where, I mean, if he were to just play 24 minutes and Rui is now also at 24, 25, that shouldn't surprise anybody. I think the expectation should still be 26, 27 minutes for Prince, but yeah, I think the only guys that actually, the only starters or only players locked into the closing lineup for this team at this point are LeBron and Davis. Like in this one, I would not at all be surprised if the closing lineup had Rui over Reddish to try and put another big body on Zion. And then you get this back line of Rui, you get Prince, Rui, LeBron, AD as like a four-man group trying to stop everybody from getting to the rim. Might look pretty good. Like, and then you're getting Prince on Ingram and you're just like hoping that it's not, like if CJ McConnell, wants, if CJ wants to get into the paint and take mid-range twos, like you live with it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I feel like one of Ingram or McCollum is going nuts if they go that route. I, I think they would just let it be CJ. And it's just like, if you want to get to the mid-range, we're willing to take our chances that we yeah. can get to that quick enough with enough length. It's 
Interesting. I hate, I wish this game were first. I would love the Pacers Bucks game to be like the main event. I feel like we're getting the, the main event at five o'clock and then like a bore of a Pelicans Lakers game. What do you want as the final? Uh, I don't even know who's playing. What what do you mean? The four teams that we fucking talked about today. Oh, these are the only games left. This is it. This is all it is. There's a winner's play and then it's over. <laughs> I was thinking there were two other games though. Or I was like, like, what are we talking about here, man? We're talking about the only teams available. I, I was you thinking forgot there were all of these teams already. <laughs> I was thinking there were eight total left. Um, but that explains why I couldn't think of the other four. Yeah, yeah, it would have been tough. Uh Lakers and man, Pacers, but I love the Pacers, but like I also love Giannis. Yeah. Obviously, Milwaukee and the Lakers is like what the NBA wants. Right. By miles. But Indiana, LA is just way more fun. Yeah, agreed. Definitely LA, though. Yeah. I mean, I think Pacers are one for me, but I don't like underselling the Bucks that way. It's just Halliburton has been such a revelation this season right. that it's it's really cool to like juice him up more. Yeah, exactly. Like I just want to see the Pacers keep like winning yeah. games on a national stage. Yes, agreed. So Pell's Bucks is going to get zero views on Saturday when it happens. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, Milwaukee I'm still... and New Orleans TV markets in the, in the in-season tourney final on Saturday. I, I'm happy that we got Indiana-Milwaukee today after a Nick uh, Friedel or whatever his name is was you know tweeting about how terrible that would be. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. He wasn't just like, I hope this happens. It's just like, it's true. Like, they don't want that shit. I mean... Nobody cares about I don't know. the Knicks. I, I mean, but like, that's not true. New York kind of cares about the Knicks. The entire country cares about the Knicks. Nobody gives a shit about the Knicks outside of New York. Until you, right, but there's more people in New York than anywhere else. It's just, it's going to drive yeah, such but, big But the TV Knicks have ratings. been so bad for so long that a lot, like a lot of them, especially with, as long as Dolan's there, they don't actually care that much about the Knicks anymore. It's not like the Knicks from 25 years ago. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like those people that were Knicks fans 30 years ago now are like 57 and living in Des Moines. Like they've had this time to disseminate all of the people that grew up on the Knicks across the entire country. So like I, I like I think it's just giant pull across the board just because it's New York. I, I They're too legendary. People, I just don't think people care about the Knicks that much anymore. Yeah, I disagree there. From a television rating standpoint, I disagree there. Fun day. I just wish this stupid thing didn't start at five o'clock. You got anything else you want to add here? Um, no. Uh, videos coming out in a little bit. Video. Lineup generated video. video will be out. Video. Gotcha. I thought you did one for DraftKings, one for Fandle. No, nah, I just do it all in one. There we go. I've got contenders coming out in a little bit. Prize picks already out. Lost again yesterday. Got to go. Win today, win tomorrow. Save my profitability streak. I'm a little nervous. we got good basketball to watch today, guys, so please enjoy it. Hit that like button on your way out the door. Sign up for Stochastic, whatever package you're looking for. Links in the description. Sign up for Odd Shopper as well. If you're looking to get in on the sports betting side or on the Pick'em site side, we're taking a market-based approach to beating the books. NFL Strategy Show coming up next. Good luck, everybody.